0: This is The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital.
1: Hello and welcome to the show. You're tuned to The Left Field, the show that pokes fun from the sidelines on ABC Grandstand Digital. Simon Morgan is my name and joining me in the studio are my fellow left fielders Pete the Black Swan Sleppy and Mika Bucken. Today on the show we talk Sochi Winter Games, the latest in football and when sport is not a sport. Those stories and more will be coming to you for the next half hour on The Left Field.
0: This is The Left Field. The left field.
1: Now, with less than three weeks to go, the 22nd Winter Olympics will be getting underway in Sochi, Russia, with 98 events and 15 winter sports discipline taking place, both in Olympics and the Winter Paralympics. It's going to be the first Olympics in the Russian Federation since the breakup of the USSR, who were the host nation for the 1980 Summer Olympics all the way back then in Moscow. Now, it has been steeped in some controversy. Namely, costs. Now, this is a cost a little bit more than what. How they, much
2: is it going to cost, Simon? It's how much. <laughs>
1: it's all about the money, Mika's. Uh, originally estimated at a twelve billion US. Uh, various factors. <laughs> Nothing. <have laughs> just a drop. Uh, they've blown it out just a little bit. Uh, Fifty-one billion. Yeah,
0: 50.
2: pocket change. Yeah. Yeah. that's just Putin's little summer salary.
1: Well, that's right. Now it's surpassed yeah. the uh, the forty four billion cost of the two thousand eight Olympics in Beijing, which was up until then the most Olympics uh, most expensive, budget, yeah, yeah, and, mm. and surpassed uh, the London as well. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. It's a lot of money.
3: Aren't
2: there people still starving in Russia? Well, apparently so, but mm. not not this time.
3: Mm. No. Well, you, you need a good ski jump, don't you? You yeah, do. You can't hold it. You've got back. to make sure those
2: things aren't, aren't <laughs> <laughs> rickety and all that. You've got to make sure they're good.
1: That's right. Now, also, uh, speaking of ski jumps, uh, there is another little controversy. Uh, there's no snow in Sochi. It's, wow, <laughs> it's one of Russia's few subtropical cities. Uh, it has an average temperature this week of 13 degrees, and for February, which is when the games are taking place, the average is going to be about 8.3 degrees. So it's going to be the warmest city to have hosted a Winter Olympics.
2: So games. not exactly snow weather. It's no. not exactly sub-zero. You're going to be walking around. I mean, although it's eight's, eight's not exactly like singlet weather, it's, it is, you're still going to need a bit of a scarf and then maybe a light jumper, maybe yes. a cardi. It's,
3: it's not special parka territory no. at all.
2: You know, you don't need a furry hood in that weather. Which is like if you went to Russia for the Winter Olympics, you'd want to be wearing your furry hats just to get in the mood. I'm thinking Winter
1: Olympics. I'm th- I, I want to see a minus before everything. Like, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. That's, I want them to the be winter. in pain while they're winter. competing. Absolutely. I mean... I- you will be seeing some people from countries walking around, you know, 13 degrees with their shirts off. Think about all of, you know, the Germans and the Icelandic people. They're, oh, they're,
2: they're used to that kind of cold. There just has to be literally a ray of sunshine and English people are taking their kid off in the park near my house.
1: Mate, right, Scots will be walking around, Scottish people will walking around in their shorts at 13 degrees. <laughs> but um, we're not going to let these, uh, these these, little things stop us from enjoying the games because it's not just about this, about the controversy. No, and, it's, it's about ab- the talent. And the athletes. Yes. Miki, you found a unique competitor—the one that's uh, sticking out in your mind.
2: Yeah, I've got, I've got a couple that I, I'd like us to to, to get behind. Mm-hmm. Now you don't you don't really think of of Thailand as as a sport as a country that's really mad for winter sports. I don't know. I've I've only ever been there in sort of the tropical months, and it's pretty much. I mean, that's definitely singlet and and thong. It never gets cold in Thailand. It just well, I mean, never. It, it just gets more. It's it's just degrees of humid rather than degrees of temperature. I think there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a 35-year-old woman called. May, who is going to actually be competing in the slalom and giant slalom, now May for all of you violin aficionados is actually a former child prodigy. Mm. Um, she so Vanessa this was, May, Vanessa May, the exactly, very same. the very same, um, and she was very famous for um, for pioneering. Um, a sound called techno-acoustic fusion violin. Ooh. So she's not even just talented, she's like a visionary. Mm. But anyway, it turns out that she's also not a bad skier, so she's been competing against a whole bunch of junior kids to get enough points so she can actually compete at Sochi. She's in. She's in. She's she's literally just qualified. She had to go and compete against a, a bunch of 10-year-olds so she had enough points <laughs> so that she could throw herself down the it. giant slalom. I love the dodgy. <laughs> the giant in Slovenia in sort of, so so she's uh, she's qualified but the only thing is if i was one of the other downhill sk- skiers from around the world trying to get into the slalom she's not even in the top 500 so thailand because i don't have anyone in the top 500 she's just in she's just but in. she's a good story because you can call, we can call her Mai tai. My tie. A- and I
1: like that yeah. too. It's all about the names.
0: It is. It's about all about them. the names.
1: Yes. I've heard a rumour that Andrew Rio from uh, <laughs> the, the other world-class violinist might be trying to get into the Dutch town for a little, uh, little, <laughs> little bit of rivalry on the, on the slopes. Do you
2: reckon that he's going to look quite good with wind in his hair going oh, down yeah. the mountain?
1: I reckon he
0: just, he, he's got those lovely locks. It's he does. Slow.
2: He looks like he could be quite athletic. Well, I'll, I'll tell you someone who, who actually had great looking locks at the last Winter Olympics. And this is one of my other favourite um, athlete names to come out of the Winter Games um Chumpy Pullen. I just like saying that name. Say, just say it with me, Chumpy, Chumpy Pullen. Pullen. It just—it feels good to say, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, it's good. What's what's the event again? What's so he's he in
2: snowboard cross now. Oh. He was the hot—he was the hot favorite to win in Vancouver. He um, qualified fastest for the the gold medal race. The guy that he beat in his heat ended up winning the gold medal. He crashed out. He got a bit excited, went around the turn a bit fast, and literally went flying off the track. This, but the, he's determined this time. This is so like sunburnt country, good old Aussie Australian. it's every other winter olympic games athlete around the world they're training at the the most elite ski resorts in the world they're getting into the hardcore ski areas what do you reckon he's preparing aussie chumpy pullin He's just hanging out on the northern beaches of Sydney, catching yeah, a wave. So just one more reason to go for chumpy pool and in the snowboard cross. Go for it. Yeah, we love it. Bro. Oh, you love it. I love,
3: and I what I love about the Winter Olympics, and, and going back to Vanessa May for a second, yeah. is just that the, the dodgy way that you can get into the Games. Yeah. <laughs> Whether it's summer or winter, there's, there's just the dodgy heritage loophole. Yeah. And, and, and it gives everyone who yes. wants to be a sports wannabe, a fighting chance.
2: Well, my Thai actually grew up in London, and yeah. so her loopholes just that her dad's a Thai man. And, and she was born it. in Singapore. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, that's it. I mean, I've got Cypriot heritage, so every time I see three Cypriot people walking around the track at the, uh, at the opening ceremony for the Commonwealth Games, I think, God, I should be out there. Black,
1: <laughs> Black Swan, I'm surprised you did not compete against a bunch of 10-year-old Cypriot children in the snowboarding
2: because I've seen you on the
1: slopes, Black Swan.
2: Are you any good? You're such a, you're quite a sort of a a reedy thing, aren't you?
3: Yeah, yeah, I'm, um, yeah, I guess. So you only... I'm a reedy thing.
2: Yeah, you are. You're a lean man, because people in Radioland can't see what you look like. Mm. You're kind of like a lean runner. You're more like a a middle to long distance runner, build, I'd say. He's
3: a very handsome man, I might add as well. He's got a good tan. I'm a sprinter. Mm. Are you? Yeah, I'm a sprinter. I'm I'm explosive power. I'm very fast over 30 metres. Is that right? After that, I've got to sit down.
1: Well, you're on the uh, left field. We're talking about the Sochi Winter Games. It's all about sportsmanship, and uh, some sportsmanship hasn't been happening lately. Black Swan, you found a story this week where, well, on the, on the slopes actually, well, not for the Olympics, but uh, Euro Championships. Slopes yes, skates.
3: The skates. We have an angry <laughs> Dutch skater. Uh, mm-hmm. His name is Shinji Nets. He's from the Netherlands, and uh, yeah, Good name. he's he's a great this guy. He's um he's a, he's he's not a happy kind of guy. He, <laughs> He was competing in the men's 5,000-metre relay final in the European Short Track Speed Skate Championships, and uh, he, didn't go, he, he came second place over the line. He wasn't happy with second place. Uh, he did the double-finger salute mm. to uh, Victor Arn, who's the uh, Russian... Mm, we're a classy
2: bunch, us Dutchies. Yeah.
3: Yes. Well, us
2: clogwogs. He was. Caught, we'll tell you how we feel. Caught on
1: camera too, not just <laughs> not just in the press, but on footage. It's <laughs> hard to get away from that. That's right. A double finger salute, and then he
2: pretended to kick him from behind. <laughs>
1: That's right. He did with the, his skates. He did. Yeah, we, the, you know, He did
2: put the slipper up, didn't he? He, he, he yeah. put the. He did. He did. I and, hope we're going to see some of that at the games. I'd like to see a bit of Stouch. I quite like it when mm. when tempers flare on the ice. You like well, that. Well,
3: he had already lost previously in the five hundred meters the same guy so he is he hates him so this is what we need to watch out for that we have to watch out for the short track rate um skating and watch out for shinji net because he
1: could explode anything could happen just like in the badminton in london this is true
3: yeah. <laughs> brawl the badminton brawl it does get a bit crazy and um the, th- the also thing with shinji net he uh if you there was a medal ceremony afterwards he's mm. sitting there getting his bronze medal this is this is a quite a funny visual if you catch this uh online but uh the medal itself Uh, was probably about as big as a five cent piece dangling from a thick ribbon.
2: (laughs) This photo is so funny. I reckon I've eaten M&M's bigger than this metal. (laughs) It's teeny.
3: That's probably why I was so angry. Kid, yeah, kid, <laughs> kids who play local soccer get a bigger participation medal. <laughs> yes. just, even for coming last and come and kick the ball properly, your medal is going to be larger mm. than what this guy did in the European Championships. So watch out for Shinji Net. Did they, um, did they
1: ask for it back after he'd been disqualified?
3: Well, I don't know. I'm sure he threw them threw the medal back at them, at them anyway. They maybe wouldn't
1: have, uh, weren't able to find it on his person. <laughs> Take your medal. You're on the left field.
0: The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital.
1: You're listening to The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital with Simon the Black Swan and Mika, and it's time to talk football with a bad streak for one of the giants of the English Premier League, Manchester United. Yes, they're not
3: doing too well, Man U. Of course, uh, they have uh, no longer have Sir Alex Ferguson at the helm anymore, and they've got David Moyes, and uh, we've all been watching eagerly to see how they
2: would deal with a coaching change you don't uh, you don't often deal with there the, hasn't been a lot of enthusiasm has there has well, gone it hasn't gone over well how many have they how I mean just at the beginning they lost how many in a row in january like 5 million Yes, it's they're not, not looking good. No,
3: they're not looking good at all, and they're sitting somewhere around seventh or eighth. There's uh, a lot of pressure on David Moyes. But uh, one of the bookmakers over there in in, uh, in the UK, Paddy Power, they placed a life-size waxwork of Ferguson encased in a in a box outside Old Trafford, outside the Old Trafford ground, <laughs> and it says, "In case of emergency, break glass." Mm-hmm. So, it's a, it's so they're light.
2: not showing a lot of faith, are they?
3: No, it's a viral stunt. They've, they've Paddy Power put it out there, and. Uh, This was after the uh, loss to Chelsea, yeah? That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. I think they... I mean, I would have smashed it after the second match. I've watched (laughs) them play. They're not looking... Their (laughs) midfield's useless. Um I just David hope Moyes. that
2: that January transfer window helped, uh, worked for them. I have to say, it's a very nice waxer uh, picture of of. He looks uh, good, doesn't, Alex, doesn't that's and he? That's statue? and
1: he's got his he's got his he's got his hand on the on his clock, looking at his uh, look at his time and his old. I, I'm surprised it didn't have a mechanical jaw chewing at uh, gum.
2: Yeah, that's true. He does do that. <laughs> that would have been me. a nice touch, yes. of like a big old
1: oh, horse I chewing just, some cud. That man oh. has the strongest jaw muscles <laughs> in the history of Premier League.
2: Let me tell you. Oh golly. So, yes, David. so we'll, we'll wait and see if someone goes and smashes that. The club well, might do it yet. I think so.
3: Yes, but David Moyes, yeah, a lot of pressure, and uh, well, he's been when he coached Everton, they always used to come around sixth or seventh, so he's fairly like consistent. It weird. may be a new club, sure. but he's still performing at the level that he's used to. Mm, mm. <laughs> Manchester United fans might not be so happy.
1: Yeah. We'll see how they go. Absolutely, yes. Oh dear, that game that they just recently lost to uh, one Chelsea fan, He uh, he's going to be facing a little bit more pain than the under fire uh, man U boss, David Moyes. He pledged on Twitter just before this very game that the statue was produced at to get a tattoo of Samuel Eto'o if the striker scored a hat-trick. Of course, he did... Uh, do just that in that game and now he's going to have to go through with it um, it's it's an interesting one I'm, he hasn't said when he's going to do it or where he's going to get the tattoo or, or where how would you large. do it oh, well i i think he should go the tramp stamp you know just yes. the smaller back above the bum
2: maybe with an arrow below it. it could be i like it what do you think
1: well listen I,
3: I i don't know where he should put it but he's calling himself this guy danny's calling himself Chelsea's most
1: controversial fan.
3: I think he should have the whole squad tattooed on his body if he thinks he's number one fan. I don't know why he's mucking around with just Eto.
1: Have you got any sports tats on you, Black Swan? No. Any little hidden secrets we don't know about here on the left
3: field? I went close with the West Tigers winning in 2005 in the Rugby League. Mm. It It was a moment three middle-aged men looking at each other saying, is this the time where we go and get a tattoo together? Yeah, yeah.
2: But, but who would you get? Would you get a current player? Would you have gotten like a Benji Marshall kind of player or would you have gone classic and gone Wayne piece hmm. Well, Ooh. I don't
3: think I could have even done the character face or the character. That's just...
2: They always go badly, don't no. they? Mm. You, you, you never see a character face that actually looks like the person. And you, and you see it all the time. Passionate dads, they get their baby's face and it just looks like a chewed-up throaty yeah. on their arm, just like <laughs> bellowing at them from their forearm. A
1: chewed-up throaty, They're you haven't heard that since uh, high school it's Mm, been a while it's been a while not a good
2: look but it is showing commitment that's showing commitment some fans are willing to go further than that they are they are if you're a Barcelona fan I mean, you know, at the end of last year, I was talking about how fans are so passionate they want to buy, like, dead grass cuttings from their favourite field. Yes, yes. Well, Barcelona fans take it uh, a little step further. They, they do. They, they don't just want to have a, a bit of brown grass at home in a little jar and say that's from the, the stadium, of the new camp. They they actually are willing to die to get close to their team, quite quite literally. That is commitment. That's incredible commitment. They love their team. When they die and go to heaven, they want to get even closer. So the, uh, the Barcelona Football Club has decided that they are actually going to build a mausoleum in their new stadium,
1: very nice. So
2: um, there's going to be a, a first issue, like a first edition mm. release. Mm. So there's going to be um, 500 um, spaces for urns in the first release of the um, Barcelona mausoleum. But they, they're actually going to extend it to to hopefully 50,000. So literally, it's Barcelona huge. fans <laughs> can die and literally just get stuck in a little shelves somewhere underneath their favourite sports. And I don't. I don't know if I would want that. I mean, my, no. mind you, I don't. I don't love Barcelona as much as they do. I like. I love. Like Watching them when I was there, I liked watching them in in pubs with our, other Barcelona fans. Mm. But um, but yeah, gosh, would would you guys want to get buried under a stadium well, here somewhere? Is there well, a team you love enough to get? Well,
3: for the, for the fans though, I think they should be built putting this into some sort of annual package for the membership. You know? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a special cre- cremation package. A plot draw. It is. It's you know, it's a, it's a little it's a little something special. You know, you get to the games. Yeah. things don't work out so well. End of year, you've got somewhere else to hang out. But what out.
2: happens if you're stuck there? You get you get buried at the new camp or stuck in a little jar somewhere on a shelf at the new camp. And, and you know, things go badly with a club down the future. And, and you're up in heaven going, God, I wish I wasn't associated with that team anymore. They're a bunch of thugs. I hate them. It's all a bit
1: you're mafia. You're stuck. Yeah, it's all a bit mafia to me. It feels like, you know, when they, they're getting rid of a body, they, they, they go and dump them under a football field, you know, since so they're never found again. <laughs> I find it a bit creepy. I don't it know if I can
3: sit with it. Like, it is <laughs> It'd probably work better with Real Madrid because at least you know that your urn will probably be sitting next to a life-size statue of Cristiano Ronaldo oh, in concrete yeah. or I'd gold
1: or something looking very
2: special.
3: I'd get buried next to that yeah, for I'd, sure.
1: Yeah, I could get buried next to a golden statue of, of, of
2: him as well. Is there something you want to tell us? <laughs> <laughs> he, is, he is a beautiful man, there's no doubt. we well, are you going to be?
3: <laughs> oh, you scatter me and lie cut over on the hill. That's where I'll go. Really? Yeah, okay. Tigers. All right. our main fan. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> Somewhere near Laurie Nichols. <laughs> wonderful man in a T-shirt. This is the
0: left, field. the left Field.
1: You're tuned to the sports show that pokes fun from the sidelines, The Left Field on ABC Grandstand. We like to bring you the sports stories you don't hear about, but we believe a line has to be drawn from time to time, and we like to pose the
2: important question, when sport is not a sport. All right, I've got I've got one that's up for debate here. So this mm. is a sport that I've never come across before, but yeah. every June it rolls around. So the reason I'm talking to you about it now is so if you decide you want to get on board, you've got a bit of time to practice. Okay. Mm. And uh, the sport I'm talking about, yeah. it's another English sport. They're very good at their weird and wonderful <laughs> sports. They get. I think it's just all that time in the fresh air in the country. They've got a lot of time mm. to sort of go, that right. thing that I just do as a hobby, I'm going to make that a sport. In the pubs. Maybe it's I when
1: think.
3: they're
2: indoors. In like, the, the pubs. Time to I don't know. Yeah. So this one, you can tell me what you think because yeah. – this this group of of professional and they call themselves sports people yeah um they're very passionate about it and what i'm talking about is the world worm charming championships try and say that 10 times fast Ooh.
3: World Worm Charming w- Championships, WWC or something. Yeah, that sounds good. Some, and these fact.
2: guys take themselves very seriously. There's actually an international federation of yes. charming worms and allied pastimes.
1: Look, I hate to use the old Pauline Hanson, but please
2: explain. Please what explain. What is
1: going on? What are you talking about? Okay,
2: so I, I looked up the rules of this competition. So, and the rules yes. are: so you basically you've got half an hour mm-hmm. to charm these worms out of the ground. Right. And every person that participates, you get a three by three meter plot. Okay and only one person, so you you can go in in teams with two, and only one person is allowed to be Charming the Worms at any one time. Right. And there's actually, like, there's a whole list of... Um, worm charming rules. On, so
1: can you tag the
2: other guy? Like if yes, you, you like, can. Get tired and so
0: like, let... tag. I can't handle it. So basically,
2: me yeah, there's all these things that you are and are not allowed to do. So you're not um, you're not allowed to dig in the ground. You've actually got to entice the worms mm-hmm. up, so they've actually got to come up of their own wi- okay. will. Okay. Okay. But you can you can, what you do is you stick a fork so in the ground, and then you and then you like you you move the fork, so you make the fork vibrate. And I think you found out the term for it, didn't you? Black Swan. What was mm. the term for the vibrating of the it's forks? fiddling. 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 Yeah, we're
3: talking gardening forks here. We're talking about the little fork at so the kitchen. We
2: had violinists at the beginning of the show, but fiddling now is a oh, theme coming through. Yes, Ooh.
1: very nice.
2: Um, <laughs> You didn't give me a tishboo, so that's know. that's right. Um, but so, but basically, because i and I'm thinking, you know, how many worms can one person chant? You're allowed to sing to the worms to bring them up. You can vibrate the ground, but you can't dig. And the very first champion back in um, 1980 mm. got
3: S- special. You for, for a, worm chanting.
2: Yeah, 1980, the foundation year, it was That's a guy a good, called yeah. Tom Shufflebotham. Mm. Whoa. He managed to entice in half an hour, you've only got half an hour, 511 yeah. worms out of the ground. What? Yeah. So I'm thinking he must really love worms. But obviously there's been issues with people that want to be worm charmers, but actually are not charmed by the worms themselves. Mm-hmm. If you're someone that doesn't want to actually pick up the worm yourself, if, if maybe you're like good at getting them out of the ground, but you don't want to touch them, then you can have someone who's going to help you carry the worms away. And they're called a gilly. So these people. They're working very hard to actually validate this as a sport. Where,
1: where do they do this in the ground? I mean, do they load the ground with worms first, or just pick random? No, it's places? just.
2: No, it's actually just. You, it basically, it's a plot at a school, and and basically you you just sort of get you get given a plot, and they're all next to each other. So they're actually that's how many worms are actually already in the ground.
3: You just do it. You just do it. All right. I'm so we have to ask: Is it a sport?
2: Well, that's it. right. They okay. do it every year. It's annual. They yep. train. Mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. 188 plots. People come from all over the world. So these these 18 rules have actually been translated into 20 languages, including Tibetan. That's mm-hmm. how many international participants they get. A lot
3: of okay. words
1: in Tibet.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so maybe.
3: I'm saying it's not a sport. You, no. It's, why? Why? Because it's, it's 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 is it a sport? Is it really anything? I'm saying it's shaking a whole lot of soil <laughs>
2: mm, and yeah.
1: freak out some poor worms. I'd say I have to I have to back the black swan on this one.
3: You're saying I, it's it, not it, a sport.
2: I'm, thinking,
1: I'm saying it, it's creative gardening. It is. <laughs>
3: it's not even extreme. Highly gar-
2: enthusiastic creative gardening. <laughs> it is, isn't
3: it? It's it's not even extreme gardening. It's a whole lot of fluffing around mm. with with some with some gardening. Increments. So you're saying
2: it's not a sport? You're voting against?
3: Not at all. It's barely a hobby. I'll put it in. I'll put into the community event category. That's ah. it. Really? It's it's silly and a they bit. They sure of
2: fun. do try, and they train all year. They try, but they yeah. they are humane when it comes to returning the worms. Though they don't just like chuck them back and wait for the birds to get them. The final rule is they they wait until the birds go and roost in their trees. So when the birds have gone to night nine, they've tucked each other in. Then they let the the worms back into the ground, so they've got a fair chance mm-hmm. to. So that's good. At least it's humane. Oh, it's definitely they're good. not abusing the worms. That's a
1: good thing. Training, training, sometimes just not there's enough, Mika. You know, you don't a, think that that qualifies
2: it as a sport? Well, there's, there's I'm a willing lot of... to be wrong, but I'm getting a bit enthusiastic about the World Worming, Worm Charming Championships now. Well, yeah. Can, can yeah. you imagine commentating it? Uh, the World Worm. Here it comes. Out I can't one? even what? say it like three times straight. World Worm Charming Championships. Mm. World Worm Charming. Mm. <laughs> you just can't do it. There's
1: training. There's sweating. <laughs> there's sweating involved, but it isn't it doesn't sport. doesn't pass the doesn't sweat pass test. Doesn't pass the sweat test. But training. Look, I found something. These guys train. Uh, in Japan, something is called Shudan Kudu. Have you guys heard about the Shudan? No, what is it? But it sounds awesome. It's Japanese synchronized walking. Now, this is. this is. <laughs> How
2: many people participate? Like thousands. There's like, I've there's, seen this,
1: lots of people. Yeah, there's like about the 1,200 people on the. There's just. These, these guys are awesome.
2: So, awesome. is it like a flash mob where they all walk in unison? Yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. And they do like little patterns all
1: over the place. And there's like stadiums full of people watching it in Japan. It is nuts. They've been doing it since 1966. They train all year long. They cover over twelve hundred
2: kilometers. And Holy dooly. It's, it's, it's big. It's big. It's they're passionate about their synchronized working. they work it. But is it a walking. sport? <laughs> uh,
1: I have to throw it out there. Is it a sport?
2: I reckon you could get a sweat up. And there's training involved. Well,
1: you get a sweat. Sounds... You get training. But is it a sport? Uh, it sounds
2: oh. like a military. Are they, are they calling it a sport? Rifles. Well, they are calling it a sport, it doesn't aren't look they? Like,
3: doesn't look like a sport.
2: You, you think maybe no, not? No,
3: it's kind of more like a dance routine thing. Mm.
1: <laughs> it doesn't quite fit. In
3: but
2: the- there's fitness involved. And, and you can have good form. And yeah. skill and coordination. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's ticking some of the boxes. I'm going to say mm. that it's on the outer realms of, of being potentially a sport. Yeah. I'm it. not going to be as cruel about your potential sport as uh, you were about it. mine. Yeah. Well, you
1: know, I have to say myself that I can't I can't put it in the sport category. I, sure. I, mean, I think it's more like a bit of a dance. So you're not even backing it's yourself. It's like dancing. No, I just like <laughs> to throw the cat the, to the pigeons and then see, well, you know, what happens.
3: If they throw <laughs> balls at them, a bit like dodgeball, then perhaps we've got something going on. <laughs> hey,
1: hey, now, that's, look, that's good, Black Swan. I'm, I'm liking that. Knock them it's down. Japanese. Synchronized walking, otherwise known as Shudan Kudu, but throw a few ball, bo- a few objects, and they've got it. You know, dodgeball. Have we got dodgeball okay. synchronized walking? All right, do I have time for my dodgy sport? All right, <laughs> my always. Dodgy- Always. Is, is this,
3: this are to, you
2: going to back yourself on this one or not? I can't. This I, is can't the, I
3: really the, can't back myself on this one, but I'm just going to say it. It's got international pancake racing. You'd be wanting to throw this one around all Is week. this
2: like egg and spoon racing, but with pancakes? It
3: is. It's like egg and spoon up, you know, uploaded. It's kind of like the uh, Matrix uploaded. It's Do they have
2: to cook them first, or can they just bring any old plastic pancake with well, them? Well, listen, this is the
3: thing. It's an international event, right? Whoa. It's pancakes, <laughs> it's, it's women. Because the, the main feature is the women's race. There's men and women's racing. Mm-hmm. It, it started. This is 500 years old. Whoa. This event. And
2: where, where did you say it's from? Russia.
3: No, no, no. Where, where do they we're, do this? We're in the UK, England, and for course.
2: some reason another dumb English sport. We're, yeah,
3: and for some reason we're in Kansas as well it's in moved, the states. Yeah, it's moved to the US. It's in two places, mm. and what they places do places
2: where there's not enough to occupy your time. This is right,
3: and what it is, they simultaneously race on the same day in both in both um, countries.
2: Synchronized pancake they racing. They do,
3: and they and and they announce later, even though there's a time delay. They do announce who is the who who has the record between the two countries. Right. So it's a bit of healthy, a competitive bit of sus- spirit. There's a bit of suspense. But what it is, it's um it's a you start off hundred you start off like it's a three hundred and eighty meter run. Mm. Women dressed in traditional gear, which is uh, an apron and a headscarf, mm. they flip their pancake skillet Pancake comes down, and then they start running. Oh. Right. 380 metres. I'm, I'm going to put that in like
1: something that happens at a fate. That's not a sport. It, it, it is a glorified egg and spoon race. So they have to, if they've got to flip at the whole 380 metres. If, um, if they um, had um, to jump in
2: potato sacks while they were flipping, then, then I would pay it.
1: That's strong. I'm just flipping, flipping and walking.
3: I'm going to raise on. the
2: degree of difficulty before oh, I'm, I'm impressed no, by no, this no, one. No, they
3: only flip at the beginning, so it is just running. Oh. Really, when it's said and done. And at the end, they've got to flip. Well, running's a sport.
2: Do they have to flip themselves as well as the pancake? No. That would be impressive.
3: Mm.
2: All right. I don't think that's a sport. No, it's not <laughs> a
0: sport. The Left Field on ABC Grandstands Digital.
1: Earlier on the show, we talked about the Sochi Winter Games, and it's uh, not an Olympics without an anthem. And here on The Left Field, we've all chosen our Russian-themed anthem.
2: Yeah, so we actually had a listen to the, the one that they've proposed, and, and Pete, what did you describe it as?
3: Well, it was a bit like it had the, had the traditional sort of classical, classical, powerful, you know, it's all classical and strong, but it had a bit of a hip-hop beat, so mm. it was a bit...
2: So the sort of thing you'd be hearing if you were in Hot Pants on a podium yeah, in a Ibiza. So yeah. not really inspiring. Not so, at all. So we've come up with um, our alternatives. Now I'm going to suggest one that is very Russian to the core, except it's by a band called Boney M. <laughs> and this song actually used to creep me out as a kid, but I kind of feel like having listened to the lyrics again, there might be some sort of like, I don't know, synergies or something mm. with these games. And it certainly has that rousing Russian feel to it. Um, this is a song called Rasputin. This is just the chorus. Love
0: it. Rasputin, the Russian
2: Have you see someone the dancing around with the Cossacks the with their funny neck hips and dips? Mm. I you love could, it. I you love could it. wear furry hats and dance along to that one. I quite like that, it's is it? A, it's a feel-good song. Yeah. It's getting back into the 1980 Summer Moscow Olympics.
0: Yes, it's exactly. It's old
1: school. It's got a bit of history it in ties, there. It ties everything in. I like it. Black Swan, you found one that uh, appealed to you this well, week.
3: Well, yes, I did. I did love the back in Eurovision 2012. We had the yeah Russian grandmothers, and they're adorable, and the music's pretty quirky and kooky, and it's uh, suitable for any European Olympics. <laughs> let's a, let's face it, you're a big Eurovision fan, oh, aren't you? Black I do. Swan? I do love it. It's competitive
2: still. All right, let's hear it. <laughs> I'm impressed, I've got to say. Wait for it, though. I'm it's inspired so far, Pete. It's
0: <laughs> lovely. <laughs> oh. Yeah, here we go. We've got our hands
2: in the air. <laughs> raising the
0: roof. <laughs> We're <What? laughs> getting out of a
2: chair to dance this point. <laughs> We're doing the fist-pumping <laughs> in the pointy <laughs> games.
1: <laughs> I tell you what, that song. Man, I just it, now. I, I feel like it got vodka, better. I feel like vodka and and skiing. I just, I just yeah. want. That's what I feel it just now. It all t- goes together. Just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just right. Russian at heart Look uh, What do you find? Well, I I found a little one which was uh a little bit more contemporary. This is the uh the Russian Interior uh Police Choir singing singing a cover of Daft Punk's Get Lucky, which is well, it's <laughs> kind of appropriate really because you know that's what you want to do when you're out there out on the on the slopes, you want to get lucky. So let's yeah. let's take it away. <laughs> like the legend of the
0: Phoenix. Huh? I'll ends with beginnings. What keeps the planet springing? Accent, this uh-huh. The force in the beginning. Low. my phone.
1: That is it. That is it. That's it. I'm feeling it. Oh. I'm feeling the Russian theme now. I love all of which,
2: which one? It's I'm, hard. No, Simon, I'm all for yours. I love the policeman scene. Get <laughs> Lucky. I just feel like that, that should be the real yeah. anthem for the Games.
1: They're real cops too. I love it. This, this is fantastic. Oh, I'm inspired. Oh. That's the Left Field <laughs> the left field's anthems for the Winter Olympic Games. That's right.
0: This is The Left Field. The Left Field. <laughs>
1: You've been listening to The Left Field on ABC Grandstand Digital with Simon, Mika and Black Swan. Dos verdania, sports fans. (laughs) See you, everybody. You can catch the show podcast on abc.net.au forward slash grandstand and on iTunes.
0: We'll see you next time. The English Premier League is back on ABC Grandstand Digital. Tune in for full match commentary of the EPL every Monday morning. The Munich Champions of Europe. For broadcast details, visit abc.net.au slash grandstand and get your fix of the EPL on ABC Grandstand Digital. Geeks, screws it into the bottom corner. Make your Monday EPL Monday. If it's cricket you want... Belts him over long off for six! It's cricket you'll get... Oh, that is some sort of a hit. ...on ABC Grandstand Digital's cricket show, Cow Corner. Done a lot of bowling now? Is it sound at this stage of the season? Yeah, no complaints, which is good, so touch wood. We bring you cricket news and keep you up to date with the latest results from around the world. Yeah! He's beaten and stopped. Cow Corner on ABC Grandstand Digital and online at abc.net.au slash grandstand.